So yeah, we are in Genesis chapter 4. And uh, I was going to connect to the uh, TV this morning, and but all of our messages are on the church's website. I know everybody has plenty to read and watch and listen to and look at, but uh, if you do want to catch any of our messages, you can go to our church website. Um, I know for me, I've listened to some, and I, I you can just go to the listen button and go to the journey class and go to whatever date. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the video, I haven't been, I guess I did watch one of the videos again, but anyway, you can catch them there after the fact if you missed one that you were interested in. But So uh, we're in Genesis 4, but if you've got your handout, I know there's a blank there at the first. And uh, what do you think goes in your blank? Obedience is the way to blank. Salvation. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's not what I'm looking for. What did you say? Something. I said eternal life. Eternal life. We do have to obey the Lord and as for eternal life. <clears throat> but as it pertains to Cain and Abel, I'm looking for acceptance. Obedience is the way to acceptance. And so, uh, I get the candy bar on that one. <laughs> but uh, on the flip side disobedience is the way to rejection and part of the re- reason I do uh, talking about this and I think it's relevant for today uh, like Friday night when we had our men's small group and I, I won't betray anybody's confidence but more than one of our men uh, just talked about uh, kind of at, at the beginning of their addiction they just felt like outcasts they felt like they were alone they were isolated and uh they didn't find that acceptance. And one man, he was involved in gangs, and he found acceptance there. That was kind of his family. And so there's just uh, really, in fact, when I was in India, <clears throat> I'll never forget really. Uh, in fact, Angie, you might give me a water bottle there, would you? Uh, I got one. Let me throw it to you. Actually, we've got a, we've got some water down here. Some down there, and that's just mine. Um, but I remember Jeff Trude gave just a heartfelt message that helped me know him. And he really felt that he wasn't accepted as a young man, and, and he got into some trouble himself. And I just remember, uh, <clears throat> I gave you a key verse there. This is the verse that uh, on your handout in Ephesians 1, 6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. And, and I, I hope you feel accepted in this class, in this church. And that, that's a big thing, isn't it? We, we all need just a feeling of belonging and uh, otherwise we do get depressed and we're alone and uh, isolated and we can become depressed and so praise the Lord we're accepted in the beloved we are uh, we belong to the Lord and uh, so anyway I I can't remember all that Jeff said but um, it just dawned on me again Friday night that that's where a lot of people are. They they don't feel accepted, and even in our culture, you know, that's the Black Lives Matter. We we want to be accepted as equals, you know. In part, um, <clears throat> so some of today I think will uh, connect with that. And so I gave you just a supporting quote, and I used to have this on my Twitter headline: this supporting quote, "God loves you just the way you are, 
but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And that, that's true of all of us. If you're lost and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, He loves you. But don't stay there. You know, receive His love. And, and that, that's, that's on our part to receive it. Christ died for the whole world. But by faith, we need to receive Him. And He will reach down with His hand of grace if we reach up with our hand of faith. And He will uh, accept us. And uh, even, even if we've been saved, I've been saved almost 30 years now. It was 92, so... 28 years and but he don't want me to just stay this way and so we uh we all need to uh, change and grow and and i just hit something on my computer oh my goodness i'm stuck but see to what you just said about you know when you don't feel belong like you belong or that you're an outcast generally then you or in my opinion then you generally go the wrong the wrong way yeah you let the devil get a hold of you and Lead you down the wrong trails. Thank you, Rosie. My God, you make That. <laughs> I've got four or five more, so I don't quite have enough for everybody. But are you gonna say something, Rich? Yeah, what Rosie said. I would like to do my addiction. The easiest way to go. Yeah. I felt felt accepted by the drug itself or with the people I hung out with. Because I know people were disappointed, didn't love me. Um, yeah. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Look with me now at Genesis 4. <clears throat> and we're there. And Connie, would you, would you like to read for us today, sister? Uh, I would love to, read verses 1 through 8. Eight verses. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare pain, saying, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare again his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel unto his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen? It doest those well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Thank you. That was <clears throat> word for word. Good job. Uh, and so in verse 7 is really what uh, brought me to this passage today. You know, if if Cain would, would have done, God kind of gave him a second chance. And if, if he would offer the right offering, uh, God would have accepted him. And so that that's where I kind of got my thesis there. Uh, and, and this is true of, of discipleship. As we grow in the Lord, we need to be obedient to him if we are to grow and be accepted. <clears throat> Um, so, what, what happened in Genesis chapter 3? This is Genesis 4. What happened in Genesis 3? Who knows what happened? The famous thing. They ate from the... Um, yep. What do we call that? Knowledge. What do we call that? The fall. It's the fall of man. The fall of the gardens. And so, uh, right after the fall, uh, in Genesis 3, and uh, how did... 
Let me ask you this. Do you think Adam, Adam and Eve are in heaven? I think now they are. I agree, but why? Because they admitted they made a mistake and they asked God for his forgiveness. Well, kind of. Mistakes. They were some back and forth there. Uh, th- this will be the key. Look back at chapter 3, verse uh, 21. And uh, Cassie, do you have that one? What was that? Genesis 3.21. Yeah. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins and clothe them. Right. And here, Kerr, give this to uh, Cassie. She got the the fall of man thing. Uh, That's what I wanted us all to see is that God... uh, that's how they're accepted. He, he clothed them. He covered them. And that's what atonement means. It, that means to cover. And so Israel had a day of atonement every year that their sins could be atoned for. They could be covered. But it wasn't until Christ that they could be blotted out and forgiven. And that's why uh, Old Testament saints uh, went into what's called Abraham's bosom. It's actually in the earth. They were not allowed to go enter into heaven because Christ hadn't made that sacrificial uh, offering <clears throat> but I wanted you to see that verse 21 the innocent animal died for the guilty people and it was their blood it, God requires a blood sacrifice without the shedding of blood there is no remittance and so uh, so when we get to chapter 4 uh, Abel offers an offering of his flocks doesn't he and this is what's acceptable to the Lord. Abel, we don't know uh, how old they were at this point. They were obviously men because they're, uh, Abel is a keeper of the sheep, it said, that Connie read in verse 2, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, what's significant about the ground? Uh, so Cain's going to bring an offering from the ground. Look back at chapter 3. In verse uh, 17, and Carol, maybe I'll have you read this, uh, 3, 17 through 19. We want to look at all these uh, aspects of this uh, story. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also... And thistles shall I bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of, eat the herb of the field. And the sweet of thy face shalt thy eat, thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust art thou, and unto dust thou shalt return. Yeah. So, in verse 17, the ground is cursed. Cursed is the ground. And so, uh, instead of everything... <clears throat> Instead of uh, you know Adam and Eve being able to just go out and gather fruit and, and eat of it, now they're going to have to till the ground, and now there's going to be thorns and thistles, and we have to pull weeds, and uh, so the ground is cursed. In fact, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, Jesus tells his disciples that in the regeneration they're going to rule over the 12 tribes of Israel and that that regeneration is what we call the millennium and uh, it's twice in our Bibles and uh, regeneration means Genesis again it's like paradise restored so Adam and Eve are in this paradise and so when the Lord returns and sets up his earthly kingdom 
um, the whole earth is, you know, there won't be weeds and thorns and thistles. We don't have to till the ground and work it. That's where the uh, lion's going to lay down with the lamb and the child can play with the adder and, uh, <clears throat> you know, there'll truly be a paradise earth again. <clears throat> but right now, <clears throat> it's got a curse. And so Cain was bringing an offering of the ground that was cursed and uh, Abel's bringing uh, offering from his flock and uh, God accepts that and uh, let me just read to you uh, <clears throat> how many know where the uh, we call it the chapter that's the hall of faith what chapter in the Bible is the hall of faith who 11. whoa you nailed it you, sugar. you don't? We'll give it to Angie. Actually, I'll give it to Curtis. There you go. He'll be happy. Thank you. You've got a place for it. So yeah, Gen- or, uh, Revel- Hebrews 11. <laughs> one of those books. It's in Hebrews 11. Abel is actually in the Hall of Faith. He's one of the first ones mentioned. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. That's quite a statement, is it? Even though Abel is yet dead, he st- he, even though he's dead, he yet speaketh. And so his his offering is speaking to us today, isn't it? Yeah. That he brought the right offering, a blood sacrifice. It was accepted, and God said he was righteous for that because he brought it by faith. And uh, Abel is one of our examples of men of faith, and he did it by faith. And um, God witnessed that's that's righteous there what you did that was righteous <clears throat> and then uh, now let me, let me ask you this look in our Genesis 4 we're going to just stay here if we can I kind of wrestle with this a little bit look at verse 4 and Abel he, he brought he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering you know, he had respect you know in uh, let me read you a verse from Acts and then I'll ask the question then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him uh, if God's not a respecter of persons, or let me ask you that, is God a respecter of persons? Yes. It it is said in Acts, He's no respecter of persons. So, <clears throat> but He did have respect because Adam <clears throat> or Abel feared the Lord and brought the right sacrifice, and that was uh, He had respect unto Him and His offering. Um, let me just kind of answer the way I, I, it kind of connects. Adrian Rogers, some of you may listen to him on the radio. Uh, he's he's one of the only ones that still they use the King James on the radio. But <clears throat> he says God is no respecter of persons, but he does have some that are more intimate with him than others. And I kind of like that, the way... <clears throat> So everybody's on the, you know, there's an old saying that there's level ground at the foot of the cross. 
whether you're rich or poor, old or young, whatever color you are, there's equal grant. We all come to him by faith through grace, by grace through faith. Uh, and Connie, did you have a comment on that? It's not that he respects people, it's that we choose it. It's what we, that, that part yeah. of ours. Yeah. He has already said, I accept all of you. Mm-hmm. If you do this, it's from there. Mm-hmm. I believe that's right. So, uh, but it says in the very next verse, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. So this is where, and uh, if you're a guy and you're listening or you're here in the room, you'll get this, but guys hate rejection, by the way. And um, Angie's brother could tell you, before I ask Angie out, I asked Kenny, her brother, if he if she would go out with me, because I didn't want to be rejected, right? And so uh, they were all in town, and so I I don't know if I called Kenny or if I seen him. I was like, you know, do you think Angie would go out with me? And yeah, I think she would. And so uh, men hate rejection, and so this was a huge thing. So God rejected his sacrifice. I don't have respect to that. You're offering me something from the ground that you've worked to do, and and that's kind of the key is. Uh, and, and this is kind of a, a balance in all of our lives because it checks with our motive. When, when you know God created us unto good works, we're supposed to do good works, and people see the Lord through our good works. And in a way, that that kind of justifies by, before men, but it's only by faith that we're justified before the Lord. Uh, and that that was a hard one for me because. <clears throat> I could probably I could probably line up my good works with, with almost anyone. I, I didn't smoke. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done illegal drugs. I've never drank a beer. I've never been with anybody besides my wife. I was a good person, but I was empty inside. I was walking this fence trying to do good works and be accepted but but it wasn't until I came to the Lord by faith right and I had to discount any good works that I have and just trust in the Lord alone and that's when uh, he saved me and that was when I was accepted and and uh, and uh, because I came with the right sacrifice it was through the Lord Jesus Christ and so uh there's a verse in Proverbs that says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And so uh, the wicked, in fact, we're going to see that uh, this this thing with Cain not bringing the right offering led to the wickedness of him killing his brother. <clears throat> in fact, the book of Jude says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and uh, hey, grab a hand out there, Amita. You're late. You're tardy. Man. <laughs> yep. Leo, you got to set the alarm, brother. <laughs> so uh, Jude says, "Woe unto them! They uh, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor." So there's a way of Cain that uh, is is not good, and uh, let, let's. Uh, 
Let, let me just, uh, we're in Genesis chapter 4. And let, let me give you kind of some bullet points here about Abel, and then we'll talk a little more about Cain. But uh, Abel's me- name means breath or vapor, and it's associated with the shortness of his life. Uh, you know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 90, uh, you know, what is our life but a vapor? Uh, it's a handbreadth. Uh, and Abel was a shepherd, Cain was a tiller of the ground. And the difference between these two boys was their concept of what God, uh, what was pleasing to God and acceptable to him. Abel feared God, so he offered to God the best of his flocks, a blood sacrifice. Abel's offering was of his flock. It was a blood sacrifice based on God making coats of skin to cover his uh, mother and father's sin. And we read that in Genesis 3.21. So God had respect unto Abel in his offering. Uh, even though God is not a respecter of persons. And uh, we talked about that. Now, Cain, he brought an offering of what he had gathered from the earth, representing his own efforts. And uh, God accepted Abel's offering, but not Cain's. So Cain slew Abel out of anger. And that's one of the things we want to talk about today. Just uh, There's a lot of anger in our world today. Uh, so Abel's blood is compared to Christ's blood in Hebrews 12.24, but Christ is better because uh, Christ's blood cries out for mercy, but Abel's cries out for vengeance. <clears throat> so there's there's four at least four ways that Abel was the first among men. He was the first one of the human race to die physically. He was the first person on earth to be murdered. He was the first man to be associated with Christ. Uh, he he was the first saint to uh, present an offering acceptable to God. So there's some first there. And uh, Abel is actually also given to a couple of geolog- geographical locations in the Bible. There's, there's a place or two in the Bible where it talks about, I think one of them may be a stone and one of them was maybe a city called Abel. Um, you might look that up on your own but okay so now we're going to talk about Cain and uh, who wants to read for me we're going to read in Genesis chapter 4 Pat Lee do you want to read for me Genesis 4 and uh, verses 9 through 15 of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall be henceforth, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, 
vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. All right, uh, I want to talk about this. Thank you, Pat. Uh, Cain's name means possession or acquisition. Um, and he was a farmer, he, he, uh, but he wasn't uh, content. His heart became jealous of his brother Abel's uh, favor with God. And uh, Cain yielded to his jealousy and he slew his brothers. And uh, you, you may not know this, uh, but if someone were to ask you why was Jesus killed or why was he delivered, uh, the Jews delivered him to the Romans to be killed and the reason they did that, the Bible says it was for envy you never, you maybe, I mean we know that he was to die for our sins and and um, <clears throat> there's some prophecies about that but the Jews, the Bible says in Matthew 27 that they delivered him, verse 18 for envy They, they there was some envy and so this is kind of an age old thing and uh Cain was jealous of his brother's offering being accepted, even though God gave him that way of escape to offer the right. You know, we all get second chances, but uh, at some length, we have to suffer the consequences for our sin. That's that's one of our principles of life issues. I think it's number nine in our video series that uh, once we yield to temptation, then the consequences are up to God. And, uh, you know, once once we decide to speed on icy roads and we wreck, then, you know, then uh, the consequences is we may get hurt, our cars tore up, etc. <clears throat> and so uh, Cain yielded to his jealousy and um, slew his brother. And then he asked this famous question that Pat... And uh, we could probably talk about this the rest of the time, but... You know, God's saying, uh, Cain, where's your brother? And he's like, you know, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, what, how would you answer that question? Am I my brother's keeper? Are you your brother's keeper? What do you think? That's uh, it does say in the Bible, lift him up. And over and lift him up. So lift up your brother. You know, condescend to men of low estate and to mm-hmm. restore them that are weak. And, uh, we are as missionaries to go out and spread the words. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, you have to be there for them when they need you. So in that sense, and, and really in, in the great commission, or uh, the great commandment to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the second is like unto it to love your brother or your neighbor as yourself so that that's really a key verse I think to answer this question so in that way yes we are our brothers but uh, it, it's it's not really an honest question by Cain because he just killed his brother his brother was a keeper of the sheep and he said am I my brother's keeper am I to shepherd him and he used that same word keeper am I my brother's keeper he's a keeper of the sheep um, so it wasn't really, I mean, he's a liar and a murderer. He just, and uh, do you know, God really doesn't, he doesn't even justify, or he doesn't answer his question. He just says, uh, he answers his question with a question in verse 10. 
And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And so he, he doesn't really justify with an answer. So the answer is kind of yes and no. Uh, uh, it wasn't an honest question. He was kind of being a smart aleck to the Lord. You know... Uh, But uh, now, if, if you could, hold your place here and uh, go to Numbers 35. Don't, don't lose your place in Genesis, but go to Numbers 35. There's, <clears throat> there's really five or six different kinds of killing in the Bible. You know, there's a manslayer and uh, there's actual murder, which this would fall under murder because... This was uh, preconceived. It was premeditated. Uh, he took his brother out in the field, and he was so envious and jealous. Uh, he raised his hand. He killed his own brother. This was murder. And in Numbers 35, it says in verse 33, if somebody will read that, uh, Kaylee, do you want to read Numbers 35, 33? Yes. Do not pollute the land where you are. Bloodshed pollutes the land, and atonement cannot be made for the land on which blood has been shed, except by the blood of the one who shed it. Do not defile the land where you live and where I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell among the Israelites. And so, <clears throat> this is God's... Uh, this, uh, more than once, God endorses capital punishment. If if you've murdered someone and you've taken their blood, uh, their blood is to be spilled uh, for the one they took. And if not, then the land is polluted. And uh, that that may <clears throat> seem unrighteous or not right to you know. There's a lot uh, a protest about taking uh, people's lives, even if they're on death row. And and our country is wise to you know, extended and allow for appeals and all these things, but uh, at length, uh, capital punishment is of the Lord, and uh, that's actually, uh, Noah was given that uh, in Genesis 9 to uh, take the blood of those who, who took the blood of others. And uh, so that, that's what happens here in Genesis 4. Cain killed Abel. <clears throat> the blood cried out to God from the ground. And the ground is polluted. And so God has to judge it. And so uh, God does judge it. And he's saying that, uh, you know, the land's not going to produce well for you. You're going to be this vagabond and fugitive. And uh, Cain, then, then Cain fills the... You know the gotcha moment, right? Where where we've sinned, and now we're facing consequences, and now we try to get right with the Lord. And so uh, <clears throat> he's like, my punishment is more than I can bear. <clears throat> um, so God put a mark on him, and it, it's it's really unknown what the mark is. But this is, uh, I think, in D two. Kevin's not here. Some of you are starting D two this fall, but. Uh, we give, I think there's 18 types of the Antichrist in the Bible. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of the Mark of the Beast? 
Well, here Cain gets a mark. This is the first person in the Bible that gets a mark. He's a marked man. We even say those kind of things. He's a marked man. And uh, we don't know quite what that is, but in a way, this was uh, a little different than the mark of the beast probably, but uh, God kind of used that to protect him because God said, I'm going to put this mark on you, and if if any man were to slay you, then seven of his people are going to get slain. So some way it was a mark of you're a murderer, but also... Um, you know, it's a it's a mercy thing. It'll protect you too. Now, um, somebody look up John eight forty four. This uh, this will be instructive for us. John eight forty four. Keep your place in in um, of course here in Genesis four. But look at John chapter eight forty four. Yeah, if you got it, that'd be great. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow, wow. Um, the devil was a murderer. He's the father of lies. He says he was a murderer from the beginning. Do you think... The devil was involved with the murder of Abel. Yeah. It says from the beginning, this is the first murder in the Bible. This is what it's talking about. When uh, when the devil is called, uh, Christ is talking to the Pharisees. He's, he says, you're of your father, the devil. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. And so Cain was influenced. I don't know if you know this. Think about this with me for a minute. Do you know that Adam is called the son of God? At the end of Luke uh, chapter 3, this person begat that person, and this person begat that person. And uh, Seth was begat of 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 uh, Adam, who was the son of God. Adam was called the son of God. Now think with me. This will be a candy bar. <laughs> if you can get this, She's like, oh, make sure got I, I've got two left. Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. If Adam is the son of God. What were him and Adam and Eve, or what were Adam and Eve? What would their offspring have been if they hadn't have fallen? Grandchildren of God. It's not quite what I'm looking. Sons of God. They would have been sons of God. Yeah. Adam and Eve was the son of God. If they hadn't have fallen, <clears throat> Pat, I don't know if you want this, but here, Rosie, give this to Pat. He can give it to somebody if you don't want it. So, so listen. Th- this is a wild thought. If Adam and Eve were to produce sons of God, then the whole earth would be filled with sons of God. So the devil is trying to stop that seed because that that was the judgment. When they fell, uh, Eve was told that uh, your offspring... uh, In fact, look at... You're here in Genesis. Look at 3.15. This this is really the first prophecy in the Bible. Genesis 3.15 
This is where God is uh, judging Eve. He says, I will put enmity between thee, the woman, or no, I'm sorry, this is where God is judging the devil. And I will put enmity between thee, the devil, and the woman, and between thy seed, the devil's seed, and her seed, Eve's seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And this is a scarlet thread that's woven all through our Old Testament. The devil is trying to uh, halt the plan of God. He's trying to defile the seed uh, of uh, the woman. And so uh, he is a murderer from the beginning. So she has this child named Cain. And and this will be interesting to you. If I can find it. It's in 1 John where uh, it says in 1 John 3.12, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. So Cain was of that wicked one. The devil specifically influenced Cain to halt the godly line of the Lord and, uh, you know, stop his plan. And uh, look back now at uh, Genesis 4, if you're still there. This is all really interesting. I mean, there's a spiritual... It's not just a story... Look back at Genesis 4 and verse 25. Here's what God does. Genesis 4:25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare him a, uh, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, uh, for God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. And so that's how God God doesn't preserve his seed through Cain. Cain has got this mark. He's of the wicked one. So God uh, allows Adam and Eve to know each other and you know, that, that's a, a biblical term, but it, it implies intimacy, right? They were intimate. They slept together. They had intercourse. They produced another seed. Uh, and notice he used the word seed because it, that's the seed of the woman that's eventually uh, through Christ's lineage. <clears throat> and uh, incidentally, I think this is... <clears throat> it's a little hard to count, but it's around 77 generations later that Christ was born. He was about 77 generations, if you add them up, uh, from Adam and Eve. And so uh, all of our heritage goes back to Adam. Uh, but in Adam all die, but in Christ uh, shall all be made alive. And so uh, <clears throat> this is our physical father and uh, great, great, great. Uh, 150 time great uh, grandfather and uh, Christ is uh, our spiritual father Uh, now what do you think of when it says uh, men began to call upon the name of the Lord because I I just had some recent insight into that because isn't that what uh, Romans 10.13 says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved what does that mean 
In other words, that you believe and that you want to turn your life over to Him and let Him lead you. Yep. <clears throat> instead of you leading yourself down the wrong road. And so how do you call upon the Lord? Except uh, the Lord... In prayer, you, you call... You pray, but and I, and I've always known that. But this is a little bit confusing because it says it right here that men began to call, uh, began man to call up upon the name of the Lord. There, there's there's another aspect of this that I haven't studied it out well enough. But you know, especially we Baptists, and and I've been guilty in jail or even in life issues that. Uh, you know, just pray this prayer. And prayer, it, it's really the faith that saves you. Uh, and it's really the faith in the blood of Christ. And so I, I really believe that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you have to do it through the blood sacrifice. That's what Abel did. That was his example. And so men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Like here, we offer our sacrificing of blood, this this innocent animal for us guilty sinners. And so it uh, it's called the principle of substitution. And so Christ become our substitute, and we have to call upon Him. But it's not just... Uh, I was telling Pat, you know... We do believe in easy believism because we need to believe, but we don't believe in easy prayerism. We, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the faith that saves you. Does that make sense? And so when we call upon the name of the Lord, we better make sure it's the gospel, His death, burial, and resurrection, His shed blood atonement. Uh, we enter in <coughs> uh, through through that. Um, so now let, let's talk about the next thing. I left you another blank on your handout. We talked about am I my brother's keeper and in a way yes because we are to uh, love our brothers as ourselves, our neighbor as ourselves. Um, Didn't I give you another blank there? Um, Okay. The the, The word that goes in the blank letter C is the word hatred. There, uh, there's a lot of hatred in our country right now, and hatred is what leads to murder. And there have been uh, several slain, whether they uh, be uh, police officers or innocent victims. And uh, again, this is uh, the the devil. He he uh, was a murderer from the beginning, and uh, they murdered our Lord. Uh, the Jews delivered him up because of envy, but. Uh, <clears throat> This is going to be convicting to all of us. I don't think anyone in here has physically murdered anybody, but I'll bet you every one of us has had or still has a certain amount of hatred. So let's look at, uh, hold your place here, look at 1 John 3. Hey Angie, can you tell if... uh, if Carol's online, I invited a, a lady this morning to be online. She's writing a book. I think it's three fifteen. Mm-hmm. And somebody read First John three fifteen for us. I, I actually don't have that. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 
Uh, read that one more time. So, whoso hateth is a murderer. Is that what it says? Yeah. Whoso, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that, you, that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Ouch. Uh, turn a page over to John, 1 John 4.20 and read that also, Car- uh, uh, Connie. 1 John 4.20. <clears throat> Because we have all witnessed or experienced a lot of injustice in our own lives, and boy, it it can make you, you know your blood boil. And uh, I, I do know that when I first was saved, almost immediately I didn't hate anybody anymore. I mean, I, I had tension at work and uh, anger, and uh, we we had a brother share his testimony the end of last month. And uh, he, he said he wrestles with that. He said, you know, I've never killed. But th- that verse really pricked his heart that uh, if you hateth your brother, then, then you're a murderer. But what does uh, 1 John 4.20 say? If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Yeah, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. I was actually in a counseling situation with a man, and I remember this lady said, I love God, but I hate that man. Ugh. That verse refutes that, doesn't it? Well, you don't really love God if you hate your, if you hate that man. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to talk about that uh, hatred there for a minute, because his envy and jealousy led to the hatred. The hatred led to a murder. The murder, uh, you know, led to him becoming this fugitive and vagabond, and and he was of the wicked one. And so, I want us to all think. It. <clears throat> I, I was I was talking to Pastor Brian one time, and uh, just a handful of times, uh, I have dealt with uh, pedophiles, and uh, and after after discussing with this pastor with Pastor Brian. He said something to me like, Steve, you know, all of us in the flesh are capable of anything. Because both of us are like, wow, you know, I can never do that. But all of us in our flesh are capable of anything. And so uh, this is just kind of a, a check this morning for our own hatred or disdain for anybody or uh, anything or political or, or whatever. Uh, we need to, you know, fix our heart on the Lord, uh, be acceptable to Him, uh, love one another, and uh, share the gospel. And, and and Pat had a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I'm a little bit jealous of him. He got to lead a guy to Christ this week. And the way you described it, it was just so natural, wasn't it? He was asking you, something's not right in my life. I need to be saved. And you went to his home and led him to Christ. Do you want to say any more about that? Uh, he, was just, he was asking all these questions. It, it was just amazing how he worked at the gym. He worked at the gym, Planet uh, Fitness, and, uh, and he was asking all these questions. Everything he asked. And we, we finally got together and went to Starbucks on his day off and, and um, had coffee and talked for a couple hours. And, just every question he'd asked us led back, and it was just a God thing. God just led the whole conversation. 
had, he had obviously prepared him his whole life yeah. up to that point to where it was just like, you know. <laughs> Easy pickings. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I was just the bodyguard. Yeah. You know? yeah, God had a prepared sinner and he had a prepared servant. And uh, you got to introduce the Lord to this man's life. I just, I, I relish in that. So I'm thankful you were there. And uh, l- let's all look at First Kings. I- I'm in. Uh, we got about 15 minutes. I'm reading through First Kings in my uh, Bible study. I just thought this was so apropos. This is an example uh, from Solomon's life in First Kings 10, or I'm sorry, First Kings 11. First uh, Kings chapter eleven and verses ten and eleven, and and I'll read this just so I can describe. Uh, king Solomon is uh, King David's son. He's on the throne. They just built the temple. Everything's going great. First Kings eleven ten, and he uh, and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. And so I, what I, the reason I brought you there is... Uh, it's just like Cain. God says, If thou doest well you're going to be accepted. And God's telling King Solomon that. You know, you follow me and my ways, the, the kingdom's going to be preserved. But Solomon, he bought some horses from Egypt. He got some wives from Egypt. They led his heart away from the Lord. And the Lord says, you know, you haven't kept my commandment. I'm going to take the kingdom from you. And that's that rejection. I, I guess I just was seeing the parallel with Solomon. And guys, it happens so quick, doesn't it? You know, six months in our own country, we couldn't fathom where we're at today six months ago. It happened quick. Do you know uh, Solomon's son lost the kingdom? It was just a short, it was really just a day and a decision, and the kingdom was lost. And. Uh, and uh, so your next blank under standard so the standard is the word of God we see example from Cain and Abel we see this example from King Solomon and your next blank is rejection and lost we suffer rejection when we don't do what's right (coughs) rejection and loss now I I do want all of us to do this Uh, I think we can leave Genesis now uh, this is one of, I don't know if you, when you study the Bible, if you ever compare Scripture with Scripture, but uh, you got to get Matthew 13 and Luke 8 in your hand at the same time. We're going to compare, this is a, a method of Bible study. It, it's called, uh, it's one of the principles, if you've been here on Wednesday night, it's called comparing spiritual with spiritual. So, Matthew 13 and Luke 8. we got to do this. This is a, uh, I wish this would happen more with me where God would show me and actually define Scripture by looking at other Scripture. It's what we're doing. So Matthew 13 and Luke 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And uh, this is the parable of the sower. These four types of soil. And 
I'll have two different people read. So somebody read Matthew 13, 23. All right. No, no, that's not it. 13, 23. Yeah. Here we go. 13, 23. Yeah. But he that received the good ground, is that he can hear the word? And understandeth this, which also bears the fruit and bringeth forth some in hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So this this seed that fell on this good soil. <clears throat> This good ground, he heard the word and he understandeth it. So that, that's the part I want us to key in on. By keeping the word, uh, or by receiving that word, he understood it. Now look at the Luke eight fifteen, and uh, Carol, maybe you can read that eight fifteen. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit. Wow. I don't know if you all caught that. They kept it. They kept word and they uh, understood word. This is the good grand... uh, This is so true in all of life. If If we... keep the word we're, we're going to understand the word if you obey the word we're going to get understanding and uh, there's several verses that support this uh, you know this in your own life e- even on your job uh, I can remember distinctly we studied and we put together circuits at DeVry I, I've got an associate degree in electronic uh, technician at DeVry but it wasn't until I got to work and I wired up a circuit and the light came on and the switch worked. And it's like, poof, I've got this understanding because I obeyed, you know, positive, negative. The wires went to the right place. You, I kept what the drawing was calling for and I understood it works and there's a path for current. And uh, it's, that, it's that way with the Word of God. So... That, that's why I'm saying if Cain, it says, if thou doest well, your offering will be accepted. And if we do right, uh, now let me ask you this. When Solomon brought all these strange women and his, they carried his heart away, he was still the wisest man, but but I I, uh, I subject to you that he lost understanding. He, he didn't keep the word and he lost his understanding of a lot of things. He was still knowledgeable. He still had some wisdom, but the understanding. So that's the key thing I want to drill into our, our minds today. Uh, yeah, Connie? It's kind of like God's ways are higher than our ways and we're not going to understand it. We've just got to do them. Yes. Just do them. Afterwards. The wisdom comes to Yes. This, the doing because... It's, it's like what you were saying. You don't know something, so just do what mm-hmm. it says. It'll come to you. Yeah. And you know, that's what uh, one of the first verses I memorized is Proverbs 16.3. Commit thy works to the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. When we commit our works to the Lord, we do what's right. 
Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know why I'm supposed to go to Planet Fitness today and share my faith, but I've got an open door. I'm just going to be obedient, and this this young kid gets saved. Uh, your next blank is the word loss. This is what suffering loss looks like. Let's all go to 1 Corinthians 3.11. 1 Corinthians 3.11. And we'll read... Uh, let's see. Angie, you, you've got your stuff going there, don't you? Uh, Teresa, do you want to read those for us? 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. For other foundation can no man lay than that which laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire, as by fire. Thank you. So, uh... This is a this is an example of the judgment seat of Christ, and we're building on the foundation of Christ. So this is for believers. Uh, this is a church. Uh, this this book was written to the church at Corinth, and it's talking to Christians. And this is what the the judgment seat of Christ is going to be like. And we are to build upon the foundation of Christ: gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble, things that'll be burned up in the fire. And uh, at uh, for the day shall declare it it'll be revealed by fire of what sort our work is and uh, anyway in verse 15 is the conclusion if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss so we, there's a loss of rewards but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire and so your blank was the word loss uh, suffering loss and uh we, uh, we all want to be rewarded. We want to have an inheritance with the Lord. If we uh, trust Christ as our Savior, we're saved, we're, we're sealed. Jim, Jim taught us that... Uh, my, new, my new name for Jim is Eleazar, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because one of David's mighty men is Eleazar... And it says his hand clave to the sword. And I picture Jim holding the sword of the Word of God. It's, it's cleaving to the Word. So, Jim, if you're listening, uh, you're my new Eleazar because <laughs> you're a mighty man. But um, anyway, uh, so we need to cling to the Word of God, and uh, but we don't want to suffer loss. We want to be rewarded, but uh, anyway, we can lose rewards, but we don't lose our salvation because we are sealed. The Holy Spirit has sealed us, and we're cut apart from our flesh by that spiritual circumcision that he taught us about a couple weeks ago. Um, and then so just lastly in conclusion, just some things about discipleship. Uh, this is kind of how I, I look at it. We, <clears throat> we talked a few months about missions. And I really feel like discipleship 
in evangelism. And uh, they're kind of subsets of the mission. They're, um, you know, we talked about missions for a few months, and we talked about our missionaries and, uh, you know, the mission of the church to... Uh, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things uh, I've commanded you. And lo, he's with us always. Always. <clears throat> and uh, so discipleship and evangelism are kind of subsets of that. The discipleship is to make disciples, to help follow Christ and to grow. And and then we, we go out and we, we evangelize and we uh, add. And so we're going to be talking about this after the... Uh, after the uh, Bible conference that's in September and so from September through the end of the year we're going to talk about evangelism and I'm going to use uh, we've got a video series called the way of the master so if you're interested in uh, evangelism hopefully you can stay with us for that that'll be so we're we're continuing on uh, talking about discipleship this summer up until the Bible conference and then we're going to go through several months of evangelism till the first of the year again And so I just put on your handout the discipleship and evangelism are byproducts of the Great Commission. And then uh, I like this little statement here that somebody, it, it kind of clicked with me. When we counsel the lost, that's evangelism. We're counseling them. You need Christ in your life. When we counsel the saved, like we're doing this morning, I'm counseling from this pulpit, from the Word of God, I'm counseling you in discipleship to know the Word of God, to understand, you know, we can't have hate for our brother, we need to obey the Lord, we'll gain this understanding. And uh, that is discipleship. We're counseling the saved. And the primary key to discipleship is obedience. That's your last blank. Just being obedient. Uh, that's what you want from your children, isn't it? Be like Christ and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, to be like the Lord in, in, in all ways and follow Him. And so, yeah, we are to walk as He walked. So obedience was your last blank. And then I gave you a verse there. Uh, It's not always easy to do, for it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. And so there's a certain... Our our Lord was hated. You might be hated. But uh, if we're following the Lord, we can have confidence in that. And uh, anyway, I, I hope I'm just instilling in all of us that the word... I, I I can honestly say I never get into. Hey Jim, hey. we're not quite done. Uh, I just Bobby wants to take a picture of the class. Okay. For Kathy's retirement. Okay. So before you just first let her take. Let her take a picture. Okay. What I was going to say is I, I never really. You want to come in now, Bobby? Come on up here, sister. Okay. Come come on up here. We'll. Uh, we're going to sign off of Facebook because my phone's about dead. But thank you for joining us, and uh, we love you. See you next Sunday. Bye. Can I get an autograph, Steve? Kath's card. I'm going to make. Trying to get this, but I want you in it as well. Okay. Maybe you can stand over there. I'll, I'll stand by Angie here. Let me shut this off. Hold on. Time space. Yeah.